0: Hey guys, JR here. Before we get into the episode, I want to talk to you again about the basic collection from Highly Clutch T-Shirts. Their basic tees are butter soft and have a bespoke fit. They're pre-laundered so your tee doesn't shrink after the first wash, and they feature a classic side seam for added structure. Go to highlyclutch.com and click on the basics tab at the top of the page to shop the entire collection. They have three packs of tees, the blues, the black collection, the all whites, and the bright 3 pack. I'm partial to the blues and the all white. So head to highlyclutch.com and shop the basics Collection. And if you like teas as much as me, these are the tees for you. And now enjoy this week's episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast.
1: For sneakers
0: vince these ain't just sneakers these are limited edition fukijamas fuky what us ah vince you know sometimes you're so cultureless tell me i've got juice go ahead tell me that i've got juice welcome back everybody to oh yeah oh yeah the entourage podcast i am your host J.R. Hickey coming to you from San Francisco, California, and we are back breaking down another epic, iconic episode of Entourage. For those who might be new to the podcast, every Monday morning we break down a new episode of the show. Every week I have a desk on. I try to make my desks as custom as possible for the episode that we're discussing, and this week I have Sneakerhead YouTube personality, actor and rapper Jacques Slade on. He is at Cousteau on Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Guys that over a million subscribers, he's deep into the sneaker game. He taught me so much about just sneakerhead culture, how it's changed in comparison to the show. The man's been working in Hollywood, in movies and TV for years. He had a cameo role in Walk Hard, the Dewey Koch story. He's currently the music producer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Super talented, super generous with this time glad we got him on so make sure you give him a follow and check out his stuff this was another great episode another great conversation If you're as bit of a fan of the music of Entourage as I am, make sure that you are subscribed to the Oh Yeah Oh Yeah Spotify playlist. I'm not allowed to play the music from the show on this episode because of copyright laws. But I've compiled all the songs that we discuss into a playlist. The link to listen to that is in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you everyone who's been leaving five-star reviews. I've gotten a few new ones that are super positive. I'm glad everyone's loving the show. We're rounding the bend. We have one more episode in this 3A first part of season three. Don't forget to follow the social accounts at OYapod oh yeah on Instagram and Twitter, and follow me if you're so inclined. At JR Will Do It on Instagram and Twitter. So without further ado, let's talk the footi jamas with Jot Slade. <laughs> Alright guys, we are back. This week's guest is an actor. He's a rapper. He's a YouTube personality, and most importantly, for this podcast episode at least, he is a big time sneakerhead. My man does sneaker drops, unveilings, and custom releases all over his Instagram and his YouTube channel, which currently has over 1 million subscribers. Jot Slade, welcome to the Entourage podcast. Oh man, that's, I, I need this introduction all the time. Jeez, <laughs> goodness gracious. <laughs> Pumping you up on a Wednesday morning. I'm saying, thank thank you for having me and thank you for the intro. I'm done for the day. All right, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> let's, let's go that's home. That's it, man. <laughs> Super excited to talk about this week's episode, episode 11 of season three. What about Bob? The main plot of this episode is E, Ari and uh, Bob going around the studios trying to sell this Ramones project. But the underlying subplot or, or the secondary plot of this episode is, is what I really want to focus on today. And yeah. not gonna lie, I'm, I'm not a sneakerhead. I admitted that to you offline. I'm really excited to dive into some of the sneaker culture stuff, talk about the Futuyama's and get your opinion on all of that. Awesome. Before we do that, though, what was your experience with Entourage like? When did you first start watching the show? Did you watch it all the way through when it aired? gosh I,
1: I don't remember exactly when I first started watching it I know I think I was at least a season or so in when I started uh, but then I ended up watching it all the way through definitely uh definitely got hooked on it after that first episode I saw
0: yeah and what was your like what was your opinion on the show obviously if you watched it all the way through like you, you liked it right yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I mean <laughs> I, I definitely
1: enjoyed the show it's like it's one of those things where you know, For me, like wanting to be to be a big rapper and all that stuff, you kind of look at that as like, okay, that's kind of how life's going to be. Uh, You know that it's you know that it's not totally true, but you get a you get a feel for it as like that's what that's what life is like at that level, you know? And so like you want to you want oh like, oh, how do I how do I get there? At a minimum, how do I become Turtle?
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) there's some wish fulfillment involved with it where they're all like fantasies of like those roles in a celebrities there are turtles out there but they're not they're not as turtle as turtle is you know he is just at this point world-class mooch
1: yeah absolutely
0: absolutely but we love it we absolutely love him well uh let's dive in let's talk about this episode uh this is episode aired, episode 11 of season 3, the second-to-last episode in the first part of season 3. Season 3 was famously cut in half by the writer's strike. It aired on Sunday, August 20th, 2006. Just a few weeks later, in early September, Jacques, you'll appreciate this as a musician, the second studio album from a singer-songwriter named Justin Timberlake was released, entitled future sets love sounds aside from earning numerous best of the decade lists the album received several grammy award nominations including album of the year and best pop vocal album it's been certified multi-platinum worldwide sold over 10 million copies with 4 million in the united states it's been added to the rock and roll hall of fame's musical library and archive that was a great drop at the end of the summer do you remember that like going into the winter like i i just remember listening to that in college and pretty much on repeat yeah the ju- the justin vibes were strong <laughs> oh 100 <100%. laughs> let's do a quick retap of this week's episode and let's d- dive into our favorite moments and then ad- eventually let's get to the sneaker stuff so okay let's do it in this week's episode Eric, Ari, and Bob Ryan take the Ramones project to the studios, but Ari and Bob soon find themselves at odds over how to pitch the biopic. After a spectacular failure of a meeting, E gets Bob to agree to let Ari take the lead in the next one. Ari instead sends Bob to the Ron studio to get him out of the way. It's the first day of shooting on Drama's new pilot and the oldest Chase brother finds himself in the throes of a panic attack. Drama disappears into his trailer to take matters into his own hands, forgetting that he's still mic'd up. (laughs) Though the entire crew learns of Drama's relaxation technique, he nails the scene to Completely. TURTLE sets out to score some jamas, a pair of red-hot limited edition sneakers. Vince accompanies him on his quest, but refuses to play his celebrity card and cut the line, so they come up empty-handed. Vince puts up a solution. He offers the graffiti artist $20,000 to design a custom pair exclusively for TURTLE. Ari quickly drums up interest in the Ramones picture at Universal. There's just one hitch, after realizing he's been led astray, Bob paid a visit to his friend Alan at Warner Brothers, the very studio that blacklisted Vince, and sold him the script. Man, these episodes are getting more and more dense every time I do one of these. Um, yeah, Jot, what was your favorite moment overall from this episode?
1: Uh, gosh, there's there's a couple. Um, I can relate to the uh, older Chase brother panic attack. Not that I, <laughs> not that I've ever uh, solved it that way, um, <laughs> but could definitely relate to the panic attack. I can relate to to the standing in line and waiting for for shoes. Like that's obviously a, a, a true to life moment and um again and then the very there's a very first scene in the episode when they're all together I believe they're in a kitchen I believe they're in a kitchen just like the camaraderie there in that scene oh, like yeah. it reminds me a lot of like me my friends and I when we were in college and we were all together it, it very it resonates with me definitely because that's just how like that's how we were with each other like it's like Good luck on your thing today, but like, we're definitely gonna rib you about it. Like, we want you. Yeah. To, we want. We want the best for you, but we're going to definitely let you know that that you ain't nobody. So don't
0: don't don't yeah. don't feel yourself
1: too much if you get this job.
0: Busting each other's balls a little bit. Dramas, like. What do you think? Five button Dolce too edgy? Or just right.
1: Depends. You're shooting the pile. The servant finger for it. Don't give me a hard time today, Toto, Please. fired up because he's nervous exactly absolutely like that like that that is just like that's me and my friends in college like i'm still friends with those guys till today and that scene is no different than it was when we
0: were in a college
1: dorm or when we see each other at a barbecue so
0: (laughs) i think that's why most you know young men in america identified with the show is they kind of saw a real life depiction of what it's like to be a group of guys which uh well, our next category is bros being bros so we'll talk a little bit more about that but my favorite moment it's its a small one I mean I guess my favorite moment in terms of a bid moment this episode is when we see drama acting for the first time in the five towns pilot nobody went up there and told you nothing it's not the same anymore it's different now it's not just happening
1: over there it's not just happening over there it's happening here it's happening everywhere all three of them went boom 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 one after the next he's good I'm not just gonna stand around let that happen to nobody. Not in my town.
0: Not in any of my five towns. We'd never seen him like act successfully before. True. Up until this point, we'd seen him like flub a line, you know, <laughs> uh, creep out Brooke Shields in a in a scene, you know, blow an audition. But this was the first time we saw him like locked in and it was great obviously the you know the comedic twist at the end is like the reaction shots where Eddie Burns tells him that he was mic'd up when he was uh doing his thing in his trailer so just that whole scene is, is just really nice and and uh uh really kind of cool to see I think in uh in season three of Entourage you're, you're getting the understanding that while Johnny Drama is a comedic character he might actually be okay at this acting thing right which uh was nice right and and, like, and the- it
1: tells a little bit more, uh, shout out to, uh, it, it tells a little bit more of that whole Hollywood story of like all yeah. these incredible actors. And like you see so many actors in LA, but because there's so many good actors in LA as well, but uh, a lot of them just don't get the chance
0: or get the opportunity to really show, show their skills. Truly. And then right afterwards he like changes his tune. He's playing pool with the dyes. He's like, you know, the guy's a genius. He'll do whatever he's gotta do to get it on film. And you know what, you were right, your method works. Next time anxiety
1: rears its ugly head, I'm just gonna beat it back down.
0: Immediately while he was a, a complete mess on set, bounces back. Yeah. And that's what's kind of so uh, appealing about Johnny Drama. Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Like he 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 is like the the LA actor that like works in that works as a as a waiter and is trying to get on and gets a small part here, a small part there and has to keep on trying to get in and finally gets gets their break. So like I really
0: appreciate him. Every week we talked about a bros being bros moment. Jot. It's it's not like bro in terms of like the 2019 connotation. It's just more like those moments of brotherly love. You kind of mentioned yours at the top. You know, that, them busting each other's balls when drama walks. In. did you have any other ones? Uh, the other one would be at the I think it's the end of the yeah the end of the episode when they're all in the car
1: and yeah. uh, <laughs> they're trying to like they're trying to figure out how much he paid for the shoes. Five thousand. A little bit more. For sneakers. Five thousand two hundred fifty. A little bit more. Jesus Christ! For sneakers, Vince, you need mental help. They're not just sneakers, E. They're wearable art. Besides, the joy the turtles feeling right now is worth every penny. Five thousand five hundred. A little bit more. Christ. For me, like that brought back memories of me and my boys, and to be like, oh, I took this girl out to dinner. Where'd you guys go? Bl- oh, be Oh, like how much was that? Ah, oh, wasn't wasn't that bad? And it's like, <laughs>
0: what's, what's not that bad? Like, what does like, what that, that mean? Yeah. Drama's going up by increments of, like, 500 bucks. He's like, 5,000, 5,500, right. 6,000. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nice moment. Yeah, it's a good moment. We'll get into the the sneaker drop at Undefeated and, like, the people lined up outside, but I liked, in terms of bros being bros, like, Vince goes with Turtle to Undefeated, and then he decides not to use his celebrity status to cut the line, but then... He decides that, I'll still wait with you, though, which is in a weird way, he's like teaching Turtle a lesson while also entertaining one of Turtle's interests that Vince has no interest in, which, which I liked. It was just like, you could tell, at least in the context of the show, that they're truly friends, which, I, right. which was nice. But it's an unwritten law in America. Bring a movie star, go right to the front of the line. Turtle, are you nuts? These people will kill us if we cut. Ah, They'll be thrilled just to get a glimpse of you. I'm not cutting Turtle. Yeah. Better be a man of the people, Aquaman. These are limited. Back of the line, turtle. If you're lucky I'm even willing to wait. I can't tell you how many dumb things I've gone to with my friends. I, mean, I don't really give a fuck about this, but like, why not? I'll go sit at this, you know, minor league baseball game or something uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even, or even worse, being like,
1: oh, she has a friend. You should come. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like
0: being that guy for your boy. <laughs> yeah, been there. Yeah. What was your least favorite moment in this week's episode?
1: Um, my least favorite moment, I think it was the um, when the same thing when Turtle went to go pick up the shoes. You know, as a sneaker guy, uh, I have this, you know, I guess this, an eye for like situations like that where they, they make sneakers feel dangerous. And I felt like they kind of did that a little bit when... Um, when turtle got out of the car to go pick up the shoes and they had the guys outside lifting weights or whatever it was (laughs) they're doing, like to give that, to make it feel threatening. Yeah. So like, that's kind of, that kind of hit me the wrong way, but like, but you know, it's, 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 that's, you know, it's part of the Hollywood lore. I get it, but it's just like, ah, it's not like that guys. Yeah.
0: And we'll talk, well, we have a category coming up called, like, you know, what would be different about this episode. In 2019, that's just a bunch of, like, I'm not calling all sneakerheads dorks, but it's a bunch of dorks. <laughs> did right, line. Right. Like, wait, you're not going to get a bunch of Dane Banners with, like, their, their fucking... Right. That's a great, great observation, yeah. I, I, I could see why being someone as cultured as you and the sneaker game, like, it, it just kind of rubbed you the wrong way, 100%. Yeah. I want to bring up the guy who worked at the Undefeated in Santa Monica, he really, really, really wanted his sister to have a nice birthday party, which I thought Man. was really Man. weird. <laughs> That's aw- no, I, it's awesome. Like... like- Here's the thing, though, like
1: those guys that work at those shops, they have power. You know what I mean? Cuz hundred percent. Sneaker heads are trying to get their hands on those shoes. Like they are trying their hardest to get their hands on those shoes. So a lot of those guys, uh, unbeknownst to us, they have a little bit of power, especially when it comes to like, yo, can you hold that poor pair for me? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I can. But like, what you going to do for me? Like, yes, yeah. uh, there's a there's a term in sneaker in the sneaker world called backdooring. Oh, um, yeah. Where they feel like shops are giving shoes kind of away to like celebrities and holding them for friends and stuff like that or reselling them themselves. And like this kind of leans into that a little bit of of that sort of power that they have because they have access to the stock and it's such a high or a hyped item that people want and people will do anything to get their hands on it. So that, that scene definitely plays into that. And I think, it's, I think it's dope that they used, that they had the storyline be like something for his sister because it could have been... <laughs> It could have been something a lot, a lot less deep. It could have been like, oh yeah, I wanna I wanna get a BMW or I wanna try and get this. Like it was it was like, yo, I wanna I wanna do this to make sure my sister has a good birthday party. So I thought that was really dope.
0: He's being a good older brother. It was a yeah. little weird, but I <laughs> mean that's that's what Vince and Turtle were trying to do. They're trying to backdoor the line at undefeated.
1: Fifteen hundred dollars cash in your pocket when I arrive. Here you go. Hey, Vince. I can't take
0: your money, man. But if this is really you, my sister, man, she's a huge fan of yours. If you were to show up at a birthday party. Take a few pictures with her and her annoying friends, man, it'd be like your family. I could never say no to family. Your shoes are cool? The coolest. All right, fine, you got a deal. Nice, but you still got to hurry. Because if people find this hidden back here, they're going to tell me a lie. All right, thanks. This episode shined a really interesting light. Was this, let me, let's just take a step back and let's talk about this a little bit, Jacqueline. Was this the first time you'd seen sneaker culture represented on like mainstream television?
1: You know that's a good question. Um I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't the first time. I'm sure I had seen it before, but I, I nothing comes to mind right away, but I I feel like I've had to have, have seen it before before that moment.
0: Was it done well though? Was it properly represented to you? Did you feel seen in this? I'm just curious. I have no sneaker game, dude. I I ran ah. track in college. <laughs> I have a bunch of old track shoes for like <laughs> Amazing. For
1: Like my sneakers Amazing. so like That that works though. That's just as good. It does. I feel like I feel like this was a good representation of uh, like a legitimate sneakerhead uh on a mission to try and get a pair of kicks like this felt this this felt like how it felt back then um, trying to get a pair like having to stand in line or wait in line overnight uh, in order to get a pair or finding out where they're dropping or yeah. having relationships at a shop. So you are able to get a pair because you shop there a lot or showing up early in the morning and it's yeah it was it was it was very very legitimate
0: there must be something thrilling about the adventure and the hunt of it right there must be something so satisfying about copying a pair that like not many people have and just being able to open it on your own and or and or show it off to your your friends, right? I mean, I can imagine oh, yeah. at least. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: absolutely, that's, I mean, that that part of the game is missing these days because everything is online. Sure. Um, but that was a big part of it back then. It's like, hey, finding out where they are and getting a couple friends and you guys, you know, that are into sneakers as well. And then you guys, you know, heading to camp out in line, going really early or going, going the day before. Of, I've met like sneakers sneakers has brought me some of my like best friends and later on in life just from like the relationships that you form because like you're in line with somebody for hours and you know you start chopping it up and yep. you know next next thing you know you guys are exchanging phone numbers and hanging out
0: that is so cool it's like your own little entourage episode yeah, there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, Well, we'll get back to the tatter words, but I have one last question for you what's the latest or longest you've tamped out for a, a sneaker drop
1: so I've only done it for, I believe, four or five hours. I haven't done any of the overnight stuff.
0: Okay. I think that's probably smart. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if I yeah. could
1: camp out on a sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never I've never camped out on a sidewalk like the full with the full tent and everything like that. Though I feel like uh I probably need to just to kind of ratify my uh my my sneakerhead credentials. Oh, uh, interesting. Like that's part of it. Like you need to be able to like, yeah, yeah, I camped out. Like yeah 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 I've yeah. done it
0: like your yeah your badge of honor kind of That'd yeah cool. exactly exactly do it like, and then turn it into yeah post on YouTube do some Instagram stories from it just to prove to everyone
1: <laughs> yeah turn it into a video like yeah
0: it's 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 my Girl Scout
1: badge that I can tie <laughs> knots uh, but it's that I camped out
0: <laughs> let's do favorite lines or quotes from this episode any jump out at you as being particularly good uh was there a crazy line
1: in this one um I mean every Ari line is amazing Gosh. yeah but. I can't think of anything that really stuck out that, okay. that like a quotable like I, I can't think of a quotable from there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there weren't any iconic quotes in this episode so you may be right. There's some really good fired up Ari lines about this whole meeting situation yeah, yeah. that keeps going sideways. <laughs> Ari's like yelling at E before they walked in when he said, like, "Oh, I invited Bob." Ari's like, "Tell me you did not call Bob." We have enough problems with the studio as it is, all right? I don't need this old fuck keeling over right in the middle of my flow. It's his project, Ari. That's exactly why he doesn't need to be here. What? He's protected. It's very true that, like, this is what Ari does for a living, and he's good at it, and he's just rattled by the fact that there's this, like, out-of-touch, rambling old man who, like, doesn't know how the game is played in the middle of his meeting. So I weirdly, while what Ari did was a dick move by, like, abandoning Bob, I don't hate the move. Because ah. he sold the movie. Like, I don't know. It's, you know, Hollywood is cutthroat, man. Like, it is. If my agent was like, hey, I sold the movie, but I had to kind of like bail on the producer in the, in the interim, I'd be like, great, man. He sold the movie. Thanks. That's what I want my agent to do. Like, I don't know. What what'd you think about all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, and, and then this is like this is the part of Hollywood that you hate. You know what I mean? This is like the the like cutthroat, do anything at all cost, like no matter how, no matter what it costs, kind of kind of thing. Like you want, like you want somebody like that, but also like you also want to respect, you know, the the history that that Bob brought to the game, and you know, you want to you want to kind of honor that. And I feel like by ditching Bob to go to Disney, I kind of was like ah. Uh, yeah, like I get why you're doing it, Ari, but like you could have
0: did it another way, kind of thing. One hundred percent. I'm not saying that like I would do that or that I'm, I'm I approve, but I, I almost kind of respect the hustle a little bit of Ari, and that's that's what he does in this show. He goes all out to dit whatever his uh, his primary client wants. Yeah one more quick line that I really liked was um, as they're driving to Santa Monica, Vince and Turtle, Vince gets off the phone with the Diet Undefeated and he turns to Turtle oh, and he says, yeah, 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 say yeah. I have juice. When? Say I have juice. Go
1: ahead. Come on, say it. You have juice, Vince. <laughs> All right, good. Hurry up. Santa Monica.
0: Which I kind of liked because you rarely see any cockiness from Vinny Chase. Right. But
1: but I think among friends, that's, that's a totally different thing. That's That's just like friends being like,
0: no like 100% I did it I did it for you like now you owe give me some credit essentially yeah give me right? some credit like, just a little bit I like that Jot you're a big time musician you've worked as a musical producer for movies tv there was some great music in this episode wasn't there
1: yeah yeah Uh, there's always good they they did a great job whoever the music supervisor was on this show did a great job at picking songs just in just in general like not even just for this episode in particular i always felt like this episode i mean the show had like relevant music like to the times and also to the scene it wasn't just like a lot of times you'll get people that'll just throw music in because it's cool and it doesn't necessarily fit the scene um but, but the, the music supervisor for Entourage was was pretty on point for
0: this. Dot Venner, at Broke Mogul on Instagram and Twitter. He's, he's an incredible follow, and he's always uh, announcing and releasing new artist music that you've never heard of before. Did any, uh, did any songs jump out at you as being, you know, stand out? Uh yeah, ride slow. When oh, they're like yeah. rushing over
1: and buddy's playing ride slow. It was like, ah, oh, that's that's perfect. Like that's possible. Only other thing if he would have played like Fast Car by uh what's I can't think of the Tracy lady's name uh, Tracy Chapman. Tracy <laughs> Chapman. Yeah, like that would have been the only other that's the only other option in my mind.
0: There was a couple good ones, a lot of good hip hop. Yeah, Drive Slow by Tanya, Down and Out, featuring Tanya by Tamron as they pull up to the uh Santa Monica undefeated, and then yeah as they're driving to Fukuyama's, like whatever his studio, his warehouse, throw some D's by Rich Boys playing. Oh my God, that is the remix of Throw Some D's on it is an
1: incredible song. It has Andre on it, like Andre has a verse yeah. on it, and it's it's crazy.
0: But what's so awesome about. This song being in this episode of Entourage, and this is, again, all the credit goes to Scott Venner. that song was released just five days earlier. No. So it's just another example of Entourage debuting a hip-hop song on its show on Sunday night, and then it hits number 37 on the Rolling Stones list of the 100 best songs of that year. It went platinum. This is back when, like, you, this is how you launched music, was on TV and film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Rich Boy, Rich Boy had, had a vibe going at that time, too. Sure. So he was already kind of bubbling up. So it, it's dope that 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 uh, that you said Scott Venner, that Scott uh,
0: Scott Venner, Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that he uh, that he kind of took note of that. Like, yeah. Throw some D's on it was. And, I mean, well, Rich Boy in general, just he he was really hot at the moment. And I think the producer is um, not not Timberland. Uh, Palau de Don. <laughs> oh, yeah. Polo, Polo de Don. Polo, Polo de Don. De Don. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Polo to Don. He was he was really hot at the nice. moment too. Like he done some stuff with uh, Kerry Hilson that was really popping, and uh, like he just he just had a, had a kind of like a whole kind of movement going on too. So uh, his his sound mixed with
0: with Rich Boy at the time kind of just made it like the perfect moment. Perfect moment for the boys pit, to drive and pick up their twenty thousand dollar pair of sneakers. Oh my goodness <laughs> gracious. Whew. Uh, Every week on Entourage, you know, we talked about celebrity cameos. There weren't a ton in this episode, but there was one that I wanted to dedicate some time to. What'd you think of DJ AM being in this episode?
1: Tell me you're going to size up
0: nowadays, AM. No dice turtle, I'm sorry, man.
1: What's up, Vince? Just trying to get my boy some sneaks, what's up? He's doing better before he started negotiating, man. You know what I had to go through to get these? Not only do I have to spin this kid's sister's birthday party, I gotta have it in my club LAX. Look... Turtle's desperate for those shoes. Anything I can do? I'm sorry, man.
0: There's no dice. I've been waiting on these since Christmas, man. I knew about him in November. So you got me there, but I got these, Later, Vince.
1: It's late. I mean, it's it's perfect. Like he he's, he's a sneakerhead. Like yep. he he's like a legit. He he was a legit sneakerhead. So for him to be there and for that moment to go down the way that it did, like that's that's 100 completely accurate like you can't like you couldn't like the only other person it could have been like maybe it was like dj clark kent or or maybe like mayor or maybe like russ bankston or something like that who are these like huge well-known sneakerheads? but sure. like dj am is like the perfect guy
0: yeah entourage nailed this 100 percent. dj am adam goldstein he was american dj from philly he joined the band crazy town in 1999 he left the group in 2001 to focus on his career as a solo dj in 2006, he accepted a $1 million contract to perform weekly at Caesars in Vegas. And by 2008, him and uh, Travis Barker formed a group. I mean, he was on the up, but uh, you know, yeah. sadly in 2009, he, uh, he uh, died of a drug overdose. So gone too soon. Uh, RIP DJ, DJ AM. Yeah, for sure yeah this episode we always talked about like things that are outdated from this episode like references made kind of everything that bob ryan says is out oh yeah, is outdated.
1: Yeah, yeah. shout out to martin Landau.
0: you sanctimonious little piece of crap i put years of my life into this script bob it's Max. my fucking score eric and he denigrates he has no respect i have 50 years in this business time was when i'd walk into the derby they'd kick coppola out on his ass to get me a table time was there was no sound in movies bob all right let me handle this I guess my question overall is: If this exact plot happened in 2019, how would it be different?
1: So a lot of it is actually pretty similar to how things happen today. Um, traffic getting to the valley in 23 minutes. Yeah. Um, all all of that all of that remains legit. Even the sneaker the sneaker portion is is still pretty legit. Well. take that back so the sneaker portion like the waiting in line that would have changed a little bit because everything is so online now
0: yep that's what i was gonna ask it
1: would like it would have been more of turtle entering a bunch of raffles at a bunch of different stores in order to get the shoes and probably him and vince would have been driving around to different stores trying to win the raffles um or they were like online trying to get it and he, he and vince have like 10 phone ten, twenty phones set up on a table and they're all like clicking all of them at the same time in order to try and get the get the sneakers because most of the stuff happens on on the on the internet these days
0: so can you explain to me the layman how the raffles work so you show up on site and you put your name in and then what happens like you got to be there when they call your name yeah,
1: there's, there's a there's a couple of different ways. You don't have to be there as much anymore to be there when they when they do it. But there's a couple of different ways. Um, so some of them are online, like Foot Locker has an app where you can enter raffles digitally. And some nice. places have have like digital raffles where you just kind of submit your information, or they do it on Twitter, and you have to submit there and you can and win there. But some stores, you have to come down to the store and fill out a ticket and put a ticket into the raffle. And they'll either call you or text you or whatever it is mm-hmm. to let you know that you won. Um, and then sometimes they have surprise drops. So like it's it's a it's a bunch of different. There's a t- there's a ton of different ways they do raffles. But yeah, it's it's all confusing and super frustrating. It sounds point. it sounds
0: stressful to me. Is what it does. It, it sounds like an added stress that I don't need in my life. But I get it. I completely get it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that you have to jump through all these hoops to give people your money, yeah. which is <laughs> which is something entirely different.
0: I was gonna ask, there is not as, there can't be as much waiting in line anymore with the, uh, you know, now that it's everything's uh, digital. Early on in the episode, the boys, you know, encouraged drama to take a Xanax. What's the matter, Johnny? You nervous? I haven't had a real part in a long time, and
1: I got this big monologue to do. Maybe you should take a Xanax. No, no Xanax. You can't act on Xanax. You can't act when you're having a panic attack, either. What would you say panic attack?
0: I have been had a panic attack since 95. I don't need you to go putting that shit in my head. Relax, Drama. You're going to kill it. I feel like at this point, if it was 2019, Drama would be having some nice CBD oil, some, and yeah. something edible, something that yeah. mellows them out without making them paranoid or tired. Like That bridge would be crossed. I could totally see. I could totally see. If that show was
1: happening today, I could totally see Turtle. Having convincing Vince to uh, cr- to start a CBD oil company, hundred percent, and like he's like, no, no, take take turtles teas or whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drink, drink, drink some of turtles teas and get you get yourself right before the episode, and he'd be like, I can't do that, turtle. I, you know, no, come on,
0: not today, not today, bro, not, yeah, not today. today, not today, bro. <laughs> And then, I mean, let's be honest, while it's a comedic moment, Eddie Burns would be blackballed from the industry for sh- having his crew listening in on an actor, like, Absolutely. masturbating. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, fuck, does anybody know what the fuck he's doing in it? I do. His mic's still on. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> uh. Jesus Christ, Bino, come
1: here! You gotta oh, hear this. you yeah. he about—he's rubbing one out. Unbelievable! Oh. Yeah, as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, "Ah!" Oh, made me think of every sound man I've ever talked to, <laughs> uh, every every time I've been on set, and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" They tell me that as soon, if the, if it's not rolling, then the sounds <laughs> off. What's going on?
0: Here? That cannot be true. Um, okay, we're rounding the bend here. I, I always like to point out, just like. Certain continuity errors, little bits and facts, you know, trivia, stuff like that. I have a question for you, Jacques. Okay. Right. How the fuck did Futijama jama make a custom pair of shoes and a custom box in the equivalent of an afternoon? Is that even possible? That is not possible. Like, <laughs> uh, um... Well, you know what?
1: Let me let me you know let me pull back on that a little bit. Uh, shoe surgeon. Uh, I don't know how long it takes him to put a pair of shoes together, and I know he's he he can probably he can turn stuff around pretty fast. I don't know if it can be an afternoon, but probably a day a day would be accurate though. Yeah, like imagine okay. imagine a day, and you know it it could have been something as easy as maybe he had a sample because the shoes sure. were the same. The thing, That's the true. difference was the box. So he just got a cool box out of it. Uh, but I think I think he got the same. Pujama Air Force Ones.
0: Well, I think the the ones that he was trying to get the limited release were like a uh, baby blue, and the ones he did Turtle are like a gold foil. So there's some difference in it. And that's where, oh, like, okay. That's where I was like, why don't they? You know, why didn't the writers just say like the next morning, Vince takes turtle to you know to Futijama's student. why did it have to be that afternoon? Like it was, it all happened in the course of like five or six hours, which yeah. Was- but
1: and the, but you know, and then on the flip side here, and this this is like the sneakerhead part coming into into sure. play here. Um, generally when they have those limited releases, they also have a friends and family version oh, of the shoe that uh that only like you know that they only make. 10 20 pairs of they'll do like 200 or twenty thousand or whatever of the, mm-hmm. of the limited release but then they'll do this like friends and family release that only gotcha. goes to like close personal friends of the designer um so he he could have gotten you know he could have gotten one of those with the fancy box
0: that must be what happened like he must have called food or Fuji people and he's like, i got two pairs for my friends but like if you give me 20 grand i'll i'll give one to you Exactly. And- yeah, that's interesting. For okay. 20 grand, you can get another one made. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think Futijama's got a lot more money to spend on graffiti. Um, True. Every week we talked about a Faces in the Crowd Award. So just some actor in the background of Entourage that like you might recognize from somewhere else. I have two this week. Oh, okay. Bradley, the head of Paramount, the first uh, you know, studio head that they meet, he's an actor named Jack Coleman. He's uh-huh. known for portraying Noah Bennett in the science fiction series Heroes from 2006 to 2010. Oh, wow. He also was state senator Robert Lipton on The Office. So it's just two shows from like the mid-2000s that like I just remember. I remember seeing that guy and, uh, yeah, just, just kind of a face to name. But I really want to talk about Futijama. Jama. Yes. Where do you recognize him from?
1: um i i isn't it isn't it um oh god what's the name of the movie oh gosh goonies right it's Goonies. Mm, close no it's not goonies um
0: he's the leader of the lost boys and steven spielberg's 1991 movie hook Hook, Rufio. Rufio,
1: Rufio, Rufio! <laughs> He's Rufio. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I was like, I know, I was like, I know, I know, I recognize him from somewhere.
0: Uh, I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that, but I mean, for you know, uh, you know, I was born in '88. Uh, I was three years old when that movie came out. I watched it a lot as a young child. It was nice. really cool to see him still getting work in uh, the early 2000s. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's good. I love seeing like those actors that we grew up with, like seeing them like today
1: and it's like it reminds you of how old you are. Um, but it also but it also is like, "Oh, I remember him when he was like a kid." Like that's that's so cool. You Charlie? Yeah, you Jimmy? Yeah.
0: Hey, you like my sneakers? Holy shit. Wait, you're Jama? Wait, you don't live in Japan? Born and raised in Glendale, my man. <laughs> I'm sorry new kicks went so quick. But I made you an even more limited edition. Turtle's like, wait, you're not from Japan? And he's like, I'm born and raised in Glendale, my man. <laughs> yeah, which is a whole nother story.
1: <laughs> is it really? Just, I mean, just seeing, like, you have these, like, people are that like in the world that are like you, you assume are these like cultural icons and you Mm -hmm. assume they're from somewhere and you know, they're from Glendale or they're from Chatsworth. Yeah. They're from the suburbs. Hey, You're from Chatsworth. Like what? Dude, I thought, Oh,
0: (laughs) it it pops the bubble a little bit. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Dude, there's so much of that on the internet these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, but I tell people I'm from Chicago, that type of thing. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. I tell people I'm from LA, but I'm from the Valley. So (laughs) it's the same thing. Yeah. Every week, Jacques, we give a sits man award. So, just someone who came on screen, maybe not someone from the, you know, main cast. Someone that just comes on and makes good use of their minutes. Do you have anyone that you want to the sits man award to? I've got one. If if you don't, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I mean, Martin Landau was just terrific in this, but I don't know if that counts. He's fantastic. I mean, he was in last week's episode. Oh, that Tip my mic. Um, I think we gave it to him last week, and I mean, he's obviously uh, an okay. iconic, iconic actor who like. I mean he's kind of meant to like muck up the meetings and that's what he does uh and kind of causes some undue stress on both the viewer of the show and ari and e but uh i want to give it this week to eddie burns okay yeah, i'll take that he comes on he just keeps making drama more and more nervous and it's almost like he's doing it on purpose which is hilarious (laughs) like well, nervous nervous me no no i'm not nervous i
1: feel great good good well you're gonna feel even greater in a second because i just beefed up your monologue you read to my monologue? Yeah, yeah, just a couple of paragraphs, all right? Just think, three minutes, your face, and a lens. Every act is fantasy, right? Great, great. Yeah, then he's like, you know, it's a walking shot now. It's a walking talk now. You're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Hold on. There he is. Hey, just hey, there, Eddie, hey.
0: I'm going to kill this, man. I'm going to
1: kill it. I like the confidence. Look, I want to talk to you a little bit about the blocking. You blocking? What blocking? Script says I'm sitting at a table. I know,
0: I know, I know. But I came up with a great shot. We're gonna do the whole thing on the move. The move? Uh, I'm doing my monologue on the move?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like this. Just like that. Walking and talking. It's gonna be beautiful. I-, I don't know, Eddie. It's a long speech. I know. And the guys at the network don't think we can do it. But I told them we got the guy to camp. Uh, How stressful God. would that be on you? Oh, job? my God. That gave me – that it gave me anxiety just like <laughs> just watching it and thinking about it because, you know, as an actor, like you you kind of frame the scene out in your head, mm-hmm. um, especially when you feel like you kind of have, have an idea of like this is what it is and this is what you're told. And then for changes to kind of happen at the last minute, um, it's one thing for like to improvise something, yep. but – to change the structure of what you're doing and then to add like two additional paragraphs for you, to, for you to learn like it just gives me anxiety just thinking about it and you know sometimes like your best work comes out of moments yeah. like that you yeah. really just like have to kind of wing it and do it on the fly because you don't have time to really think about it and and really deeply digest it and go through all of that you kind of just act off of your like your your uh, theatrical instincts yep. so like get you do get some good stuff out of that but the anxiety that
0: accompanies that sort of moment. Is next level. I'm not an actor per se, but I do do voiceover work on the side. And what's interesting is that when you do like a voiceover reading, if you have to read like a 30 second ad, you'll read it, you know, 50 times. And then when you think you're done, the director will go, "Okay, do it one more time. Just right now, do it, really quick." And it's that last time when you're completely exhausted, when you're not thinking about it, and when you're like kind of stripped away of all uh, nervousness and anxiety, and the words are just words at that point. That that's yeah. usually the best take I find. Yeah. So there's there's something there's something really true in that. I really, and I want to talk about this just for a second, like this running dad that Johnny Drama is not a very talented actor, even though he's played by Tevin Dillon, who is one of the more accomplished actors in the cast. Right, right. It's really nicely underscored in this episode where Drama and Eddie Burns are doing a walking and talking scene while Drama's panicking about being told by Burns yep. that his character is playing a It was nice. It was like... It was like a little little bit of a meta, like hat tip, like, hey, he's like drama, like just how we're doing it right now. And and he's he's doing it perfectly.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was super like shout out to uh, I don't know if that's that was Doug's decision. But like you, you definitely see like the the uh, the tie in between like what they're talking about and what they're doing. And that's that that's just one of those like filmmaking things that, you know, that you really start to appreciate as you start to really get into film of seeing what the director or the producer does. Uh, in order to reinforce the story like subliminally, especially for someone like that's not into like if you're not into like film and theater and, and picking up on things like that, you know the, the the cast or you know the director and the producer they do that kind of stuff subliminally to get you to, to almost reinforce it in the mind of the layman. so to see that you know to see them see them execute it that way it's like ah all right like it's kind of like hat tip to you guys like, well <laughs>
0: done well done. Jot, did you ever think you would be going this deep about a random 2006 episode of the HBO Dramedy Entourage? ever uh i'll be honest i did not
1: um (laughs) but i'm happy i'm happy that we did because you know in in my world and you know the internet world like a lot of this you don't you don't get this deep on things sometimes it's really like the surface you know just see this see stuff just on the surface level so to kind of dig in a little bit is refreshing
0: i i I completely agree it's 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 the reason i started this podcast it's it's kind of fun to peel apart the layers of the show and notice the little homages to hollywood and uh I really appreciate you hopping on. Let's let's do a, a few more questions. Apologies, and then uh, and then we'll we'll let you go. So, okay. if there's a winner overall for this episode, who is it? Besides Vince, Vince can't win. He's the A-list movie star. Uh, I mean, it's, ugh, gosh. Oh, that's a good question.
1: Um, <laughs> how are we defining winner uh, that's, that's
0: it's it's completely subjective who
1: who do you think just came out on top this episode uh okay so uh, as a sneakerhead uh I'm gonna say turtle yep uh turtle wins because he's got the 101 he's got the fukujamas uh he definitely he won in that regard but also you know on the low I kind of i kind of vote for e uh oh, just because like they can they continue like the, the show always showed like e was this like he was in hollywood obviously because he was working with vince but like he never lost himself mm-hmm. uh in hollywood and always continued to be like the good guy and always like fighting for the little man and to see him fight for bob um on this episode like kind of reinforced that storyline of yeah. who he was and that he wasn't changing um and that he continued to be like the the good guy that's there to help and like his morals and all that were still intact even though he was a part of this crazy, insane Hollywood world. Bob, I hear you. And I promise you, you're going to get everything you want as soon as we set this up. But Ari does do this every day. So what do you say on the next meeting? We let him do his thing.
0: Okay. But for you, because you're a nice boy with kind eyes.
1: Thanks, Bob. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice boy with kind eyes. I don't know if I've ever received that compliment, but I want it now. So, you know, we'll
0: see. Yeah, and that so yeah, you could you could say it's turtle, you could say it's e, you could also say it's drama. Drama nailed his pilot role, you know Damn. his pilot scene. So could be any of those three guys. Uh, who knows? There we will never know because this is a subjective podcast that True. doesn't really matter. True. Was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode of Entourage, Josh? Uh I'm gonna go with uh, a B-list episode. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so
1: i'm going with B this
0: episode b plus for the strong you know sneakerhead subplot the Absolutely. the stuff at the studios is a little stressful and it's a continuation of last week's uh drama so yeah another solid b again this came on the heels of vegas which was like two episodes ago and that episode's all time so right. you, you just can't hold it in the same regard i think yeah it's tough it's tough it's tough to follow up stuff like that 100 uh last question I ask this of all my desks, all my first-time guests, that is, and obviously we, I hope to have you back at some point. This has been a fantastic conversation. Jock, if Entourage is real life, which character are you closest to in, in your Entourage? Uh, in my Entourage? Yeah. Uh,
1: gosh. It's weird because like I see myself in bits of each of them. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I have like E's moral compass. I obviously have turtles' love of sneakers. On on one in one hand, I'm Vince because I'm I'm doing like this internet stuff and I have sure. a million followers and I can yeah. have all of that. But then I also. You know, live within the doubt of uh, of Johnny drama. Like that's you know, like as you get out there and put yourself out there, and you and you want to try and do things, or you miss an opportunity, or you hear like a big pilot comes up, but then you don't get it, and like all of those things. So, I, I in a sense, I feel like I'm a big piece of of all of those guys. I'm I'm like the fifth entourage guy, <laughs> I guess. That kind of I'm, I'm the summation of those guys all together. Um, but if I, if I absolutely have to pick one. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna push myself to E, sure. um, The most, just because I'd probably uh, I I don't necessarily need to be in the light, and I could help out. I'd rather be helping someone else achieve their
0: dreams. That is the best case I've ever heard for I am all of them, which is fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic answer. This was a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Where can the listeners of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah follow you, watch you, find you? What do you have coming up that you can uh, that you can share with the listeners? Uh, well, I'm all over the internets uh,
1: at, at Kusto, which is K-U-S-T-O-O. Uh, the main place you can find me is on YouTube, uh, but I'm also on Instagram quite a bit. And I talk a lot of trash about bacon on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so if you're into bacon, you and I can definitely be Twitter friends. Um <laughs> I have some other projects coming out. I have some stuff that's going to happen on Disney Plus that I can't necessarily say about, but that stuff's
0: coming. Just hustling, just hustling, hustling, hustling. I know it, man. I know it. We will uh, be on the lookout for your Disney Plus stuff. Would love to have you back on maybe when some of that stuff drops to help promote and uh, talk some more entourage. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, John. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man.